Hooked up and running good, and it is. Good morning, everyone. It is Monday, another start of the work week, school week, second day of the week, but it is Monday, and we have to have a good mindset, right, to continue on with a great week. Probably started on Sunday. But anyways, good morning, everyone. This is Carol, so a.k.a. Naughty Boss, live with you. Sisters, good morning, everyone. <laughs> Excuse me. This is Janice, aka Wellness Diva 5.0. And speaking of Monday mindset, you know, I just want to share that I will say that my mindset was a little off. So I said to myself, as I, you know, I'm obviously up very early every morning, um, got up about 4 30. And I just felt like I was in a muck. So I want to talk about a mindset muck. When you're in that muck, guess what? The only one who can get you out of that muck is yourself. So I look for inspiration. I journal about it. And then it came to me. And I don't have my journal with me. But I had found, <laughs> excuse me, this amazing quote. And basically what it says is we can control our thoughts and our emotions and we can stay there or we can take charge of it and feel better even for getting to that point. So my point in telling you this is, yes, we are wellness professionals. We do this on a daily basis, but we have our own little mucks every now and then. So I just wanted to share that with you. And I formulated a plan and I feel so much better. So I just wanted to share that. Uh, well, that was a great share, Jan. And that is true. You know, we go through times where um, knowingly we're knowing, we're, we're knowingly we know we are in the muck. And then there are times when we knowingly don't know we're in the muck. And I'm going to give you a, for instance, on that. I mean, there's certain things that obviously come up that will derail you from a positive mindset, will derail you from, you know, starting off that day, bright, early, ready to take on the day. Um, because there's sometimes there's outside forces, which really solidifies the fact of what we try to drill with everyone continually every day that we're not in control. Ultimately, we're not in control of a lot of things. We're not in control of what goes on in our world. We're not in control of someone else's mood. We're not in control of someone else's behavior. We're not in control of what's going on in our community. And sometimes within our own family dynamics, sometimes we're just not in control of that. But the things that we are in control of is how do we either make a conscious choice to remove yourself from the things that you're not in control of that might be impacting your mindset or find avenues within that muck that will get you out of the muck, whether it's crawling out, whether it's running out, whether it's jogging out. So a perfect example, you know, and, there, and there's things in life, you know, certain milestones that happen in someone's life that puts them in that muck. Um, and, you know, obviously the, the one that comes to mind is our dad's passing, which yesterday was a year ago. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And we always talk about, you know, even as when you when when you have a child, right, all, all the first you celebrate, you know, their, their first uh, coup, their first real eye contact, their, you know, discovering their toes, their fingers, their face, 
uh, you know, that first step, that first time they're eating food. So all these different milestones come up within that child's first year of birth. Well, the same applies for someone that passes away. You go through all those first milestones of the first year that that person's not present in your life anymore, whether it be holidays, their birthday, your birthday, maybe a memory of a family vacation, could be an anniversary, could be, you know, a multiple of things. And especially, obviously, the first anniversary of their passing, you go through all these emotions that kind of, you know, will put you in that muck. And I have to say, the seven days leading up to it, really, I I struggled with, you know, every day because, of, you know, the, the some of the blessings, which I think are blessings, not some, they are blessings, of social media is when media, you know, things that you posted come up from a year later all the way back to, I don't know what it's, 12 years or however long it goes. So almost... You know, subconsciously, we relive, for most people, you kind of relive those, those last seven days of, you know, where were you? Were you with that loved one? Were you far apart? Were you feeling that struggle because you couldn't be with that person, whatever it may be? I'm the per I love to document things, you know, what's going on in my daily life and, and, you know, anything that's important. Because that is one of the pieces of social media that I do love is that you can always go back to really getting uh, an outward an outward kind of description and reflection of what your inside mind was thinking at that given moment. So it's kind of like twofold. Like, you know, you wrote those words. Now you've had a year to digest them subconsciously because you don't always remember exactly what you said at every given moment. And now a year later, you get to reflect on your mindset. You, you're, you're like seeing it from a different perspective. You're seeing you, but from the outside in versus the other way around. So the seven days leading up to that, obviously memories were coming up, you know, where I was, uh, you know, we were all together for, well, at least you and I were together for a good month plus. And then I flew home for a very short period of time. I think it was just really just one week and then flew right back because dad had taken that turn. And I, I just, I didn't want to take the chance you know, because I had made a promise to him, during, to him during that month that I was up. And the, it was the very first day that a lot of people don't realize. I don't even know that I even shared that with you. It's when the first day I arrived the month prior to him. And we were at that point, he was still in his bed. And he said, where are you going to sleep? And I said, well, I'll sleep in the, in the bed, you know, the bedroom next to your dad. He said, well, no, no, why don't you, why don't you sleep in the, in the family room, the media room? And I'm like, logically, I'm saying, well, does it really, you know, there's just a wall in between us. But he wanted to know that, you know, for, for his own maybe security, care, whatever that, you know, he knew where you were, you were by the, by the, uh, what do you call that thing? The speaker. What that's what do you call that stupid thing? I can't think of what it's called. The um, you know what I'm talking about? The speaker. Yeah, his, his uh chair there. His no, recording no, no. chair. No, the speaker. Oh, the the baby monitor. That was monitor, that's what it was. I couldn't I, I couldn't think of the word. But anyway, so he knew like yeah, push a button, you were there. Maybe physically he knew I'd be in this you know, near there, whatever it was. 
And, you know, I said, dad, you know, don't ever worry. And then we kind of had that little talk about it. And he just said, just promise me, you know, you'll be there. And I said, of course, dad. I'm, I, no, he goes, no, no, promise me you'll be there. You know, and I interpreted that as what it, you know, he, he meant. And, you know, I did promise him that. And as that seven days, you know, prior to his passing or yeah, anniversary passing, I was reliving those emotions, but they were amplified in a different way because I was reflecting what I was, you know, what I was posting about and, and kind of interpreting to where I am right now. So I was not expecting getting in that muck. I mean, I knew the anniversary was coming up. We all did. We talk about it all the time. But you never know until that moment arises, really, you know, how you're going to react to something. And whether it's this situation, whether it's, you know, all of a sudden somebody comes suddenly ill, you know, an accident occurs, something that totally jolts you, regardless of your mindset and how you think you're going to act, you don't always react that way. You don't always, and a lot of times, I would probably say nine out of 10 times, your reaction is what you anticipated it was going to be. And that's kind of what occurred over this last week was I really struggled. I was deep, thick in the mud, felt like quicksand quite a few of the days. Um, but, you know, I'm so grateful and blessed that I do... I think what, you know, we all, we all can probably list one gift that we have that you don't feel that you're being conceited about. And one of my gifts that I think that happens, I've always, I'm very open about my feelings. I'm very, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I've never been closed of how I feel about any situation. For some people, that's a good thing. For some people, that's not a good thing. It, it depends on the individual. But for me, I don't like to keep things inside of me. I like to share them. And I share them, uh, some people, and, and, you, and you find this is true, some people share things because they're expecting the reaction. I share them more for almost documentation purposes of how I was feeling at that moment. Uh, but with doing my normal documentation of, of different perspectives, um, so many people you know, had reached out uh, and, and, and that was not the intent of why I was posting what I was posting, but it was nice to know that so many people uh, cared and took their time out of the day to, you know, to text us, call us, send messages, uh, FaceTime us. Uh, you know, I was on the phone nonstop with, with both Mike and Tina, you know, at any given moment, whether it was texting, phone calls, FaceTime, as well as getting little snippets of what the kids were saying. And uh, a friend of uh, that I've met, and I consider her a friend now, uh, who also uh, just literally lost her dad uh, about a week ago, had reached out, and she must have ran into uh, Tina and the kids, and John at church. So she's going through her own very raw and real mourning of her dad, and she said, "Oh my goodness, I ran into Reagan, and I believe it was at church, and Reagan had said Reagan's our our, our goddaughter." My granddaughter said, oh, I wish heaven was in Florida. That way, when we go to Florida, we can visit Poppy all the time. And it was, you know, just, you know, out of the, out of the, you know, words of, you know, the, out of the words from a babe, you know, as, as that goes, um, really puts things in perspective of their innocence from their mindset. So you get a, you know, you get a, a window of how they react, you know, at four years old to losing their grandfather. Now she lost her grandfather when she was three. Um, now she's four 
So it's different. Um, and, and they talk about Poppy all the time. We always make sure that his spirit is alive and that we, they keep remembering him because we know, you know, as you go through those things when you're younger, as the years go on, things fade a little bit. So, you know, that was one of the things I, I said to Tina, please, you know, have her have the kids watch the memorial, you know, often, you know, a couple times a year, maybe um, to always connect, you know, his spirit because he he was such a profound man, uh, besides being a, a husband, dad, uncle, poppy, but all that. He was just profound in his spirit that he, he real. I think I could probably count on one hand how many times I ever really saw him get very spirited or very angry. Uh, he just that just was not his nature. Uh, even and I and I really try to reflect on. I'm sure we, we've talked about this. What how dad would think of things today as they are. So ironically, Mike had said, I guess the Patriots were on. And John and I, we've talked about this before on, on the podcast, that we don't we don't watch sports anymore, uh, which is a tough thing because we're, we're big sports enthusiasts, but because of the the climate uh, that are at the games and uh, it, it's just, you know, we want to we want to watch a game and not have any politics involved in it. So Mike reminded me, he said, Poppy would be watching the Patriots. I said, you're right. He would. So I turned my alerts on at least. So I, so I did that because I know Poppy would want to know. Apparently the, the, the new quarterback of the Patriots did phenomenal, I guess, or did great. I don't know, if it's, you know, all the stats, but so Mike was pretty impressed. He watched and I know, you know, Poppy, that's what he would have wanted. So I did make sure my alerts were on. So it was a tough day, um, but we connected and, you know, as well as the rest of the family and, and with family and friends. And I, we had three great friends that spent the day with us, started off with some pickleball. And then in the afternoon, we just were lazy river on the, on the pool and sang and, you know, chatted about life and all those good things. And they, I think, left about, I don't know, 8.30, 9 o'clock at night. So it was a nice, uh, nice day to kind of ease into that. And I know you guys had a great day. We sure did. We had um, a surprise visit on Friday evening as Gary and I uh, often do after dinner. We have our coffee and we play Uno. And of course, we were talking about the upcoming weekend. Um, obviously talked a lot about Poppy and the phone rings. <laughs> and it's our oldest sister, Claudine. And she said, hey, you have any Sambuca? And I'm like, um, no, we just ran out. Well, do you have any coffee? And I'm like, yes. Why? I said, why do you want to know if I have Sambuca and coffee? Like, no, just because we were in the midst of playing cards. And she says, oh, I'll be there in five minutes. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so that was such a nice surprise. And uh, the next, you know, just the whole weekend uh, of being with, um, family and you know we called our brother Fran and he ended up coming um, over early uh, Saturday morning and so it was <laughs> and it stayed overnight so it really nice. was a nice weekend to um, connect and talk about Poppy and talk about all those relive all those great memories and you know I, I've often said this um, this past month that a lot of things for me happen in twos within a year and I'm not going to go into all that, but, you know, I looked at these past few months and 
for me, obviously people know that um, my son had a, a life-threatening injury. And those first two weeks were absolute doom and gloom every day, doom and gloom every day. But his progression, miraculous. So I came to the realization of probably about three or four weeks ago, because I felt like this underlying muck, which is, which is normal, I think, when you go through something um, very traumatic with your, with your, um, your child. And <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, within a year, two major things have happened. As sad as it was to lose dad, which is very heartbreaking for me and for all of us, it was such a miracle to witness him being accepted in the Lord's hands. Now, I've been with quite a few people, relatives um, who have passed. This was miraculous. And, was. and of course, the other thing was my son's progress. Miraculous. And even the surgeon said, Ryan, I want you to understand that eight weeks ago, you had a life-threatening injury. And here you are eight weeks later, miraculous. So Ryan looked at me and said, my mama keeps saying that. And so blessings in those very sad times are times that, you know, really tug at your heartstrings. Um, but that for me was not easy to come to. It, I mean, it was easy when it came but sometimes, I guess what I'm trying to get at is, you know, when you're in that muck, like you, you have to go through what you feel mm. like you need to go through in order to get to the other side. So it's like acknowledging it, accepting it, and then how can we be better and move on by maybe reliving the event <laughs> in a way that is a blessing. And those are two big blessings, major blessings within a year. So I am so grateful for so many things. And I just think it, it is miraculous that, that we both witnessed um, that event, you know, our dad's um, passing because I think about it and I, and I get chills because it was miraculous. Just the way he, you just, you, you physically, I don't know how to explain it other than, and I hope. Well, I, well, we'll give it just, just a little snippet because um, I think that will help people's mindset in such a way. People always question their faith. They, they question the, the, the afterlife. Is there an afterlife? And, you know, since we were a little girl, just because of our faith and how we grew up being Christians, that was never doubted. To, but for for what we witnessed it solidified what we already knew and it was almost like a, a rebirth of our own faith uh so for those that you know don't know um i have um you know put it in words on my own personal facebook and i'm going to give a snippet because this will help you with your mindset to know especially uh if you're doubting what's beyond this life that we lead um, really, it happened over the last th three minutes of our dad's life. Short version, new aide came over uh, after he was washed, dressed, and, and uh, kind of ready for his day, uh, which we all assisted in. He looked cockeyed was the word I kept using because he, his, his, his body just did not sit right within the bed. 
And our, our brother was in the front room. We called for him to come over and said, look, we need some assistance, even though dad was very frail. And that point was probably only 80 something pounds, you know, literally, and I hate to use the word dead weight, but that's what he was. It was dead weight trying to shift him around. So we really, our only alternative was to kind of pick him up. And because he was so fragile, we each had a part in where we were, you know, our hands were to help lift him up. And at, and at that point, his eyes were closed. His color was really not good. It was very gray. Uh, his lips were very, very pale. And I think two days prior to that was the last time his eyes were open. But at that point, they were very gray and glossy. And part of the body preparing for that next phase, um, a lot of times the person will go blind and you, you'll see this distinct color change. And our dad had the most gorgeous blue eyes. And I'm proud that I have his blue eyes, but his eyes were just beautiful blue eyes. So as we were uh, lifting him all of a sudden, and, and like I said, this happened literally in two minutes, probably less, the color of his whole body changed. Now the body that was exposed that we could see, obviously his hands, his face went from this gray to this very peachy, creamy color. Uh, literally his, his cheeks revealed this beautiful, very faint, but beautiful rosy cheek look to it. Um, and as we kind of lifted him up his head and I had um, the back of his head, his head actually peered, you know, was facing upward to the ceiling like he was looking and all of a sudden his eyes just like opened up and they were not glossy. They were not grayish looking. Uh, they were not only his beautiful blue, but they were just like crystals and they like almost glistened. And he had this not huge smile, but this faint smile as if like, and we knew at that moment it was kind of like the three of us looked at each other. It was like one of those, oh shit moments. Like, oh my God, oh my God. Like, what, like, what's, like we knew what was going on, but like just to, to witness it. And it was like, what, like, what do we do now? Kind of a feeling. Uh, but then we realized literally like this is all seconds happening. You know, dad, it's okay. Oh my God, you see the Lord, you see the Lord. And uh, as we were talking to him to, you know, really reaffirming you serve the Lord. You serve the Lord on this earth. Go be with him now. Go be with mom. And at that moment that we we placed him back to uh, the bed. And as soon as his head literally hit that pillow and he didn't hit it, we, we gently placed his body and head down. Um, the color went right out of his body. Um, he all of a sudden his eyes went back to that that closed motion and um, that that smile kind of went away and you know he had he had a few more breaths at that point but then you know he he passed and your body just doesn't do that that's not a normal occurrence um and that was the true miracle um it, it's one of those things like you almost say you have to witness and i think we, we do a pretty good job at really uh sharing exactly what occurred so imagine you know if you're holding someone's body and they're looking up to the sky and they see something that pleases them beyond measure. Um, and, and, and it's not like we saw this huge light. It was just his body physically changing colors right before our eyes. And it, like I said, it was a matter of, you know, a minute, minute and a half, maybe. And, you know, and then uh, he went back and, and he passed and he moved on to the Lord. So in as, as much as um, at that moment, obviously, you know, those emotions that come in when you lose that loved one, especially a parent, especially a second parent, uh, it's pretty intense. But to also be part of witnessing and it just reaffirming what our faith that we grew up through, through uh, 
our dad and our mom teaching us about our faith and going to church and being Christians, it just reaffirmed what we already knew, but to physically know it. And God says that he, he always says, you know, we don't, we, and even humanity, you shouldn't have to see to believe, but sometimes you do, whether it's to reaffirm, whether it's to reset your mindset, whether it's to give you hope. Um, and there are so many little, little miracles all around us every day. And I don't think we pause enough to make sure that our mind is open to, to let those little miracles in because they do change your mindset. They do change the, uh, maybe the journey or the turn or the pivot that you're going to at that particular moment. So if anything that you get out of this Monday's Mindset podcast is just do that, be that. Be open to what's around you. And even if you're feeling a little down about something or you don't feel like you have the right mindset, find ways to pivot, whether it be to pause, whether it be to listen to a song. Maybe it's just to stand outside for a few minutes and hear some birds chirping. Maybe it's to go walk with your pets if you have a pet, a dog, whatever it may be. But because I promise you, once you do that and you make a conscious choice to try to change your mindset, all of a sudden you realize, I feel better. Things aren't so bad. I got through that. And it really is that even that moment that you come to that realization, that's a little miracle. It's a little stepping stone. It sure is. And it just goes to prove that there's proof in the pudding, so to speak. There is truth in your faith. I, I don't know how to explain it. And, and like I said, every time I even think about it, I, I get the chills, but in, in a good way. Um, Mindset Monday, how are you going to get yourself out of that muck? I shared with you that I was in a muck this morning. I feel so much better. And there's no muck, there's no more muckiness for today, anyways. We, we you know, we go with the flow. Um, we're raw, real, personal. What you see is what you get. Maybe a little spicy at times. Um, gotta love the spice. If you're Italian, you gotta love the spice. <laughs> absolutely. And on that note, my name is Janice, aka Wellness Diva 5.0. We'll be on tomorrow for Tuesday Triumphs. But I am with two sisters. And this is Carol, so aka Naughty Boss live with my other half of podcast two sisters and we uh we are blessed for what we do we're blessed to share what we're, we're passionate about and we hope that sharing our own experiences by also offering you really ways to pivot around what you're going through helps you because that's what it's all about us paying it forward and being kind to other people to help them navigate through life and even just through the day we will see you tomorrow for triumph tuesday bye-bye everyone have a great day bye everyone <laughs>